from KQED. Support for this podcast comes from the John Templeton Foundation. The Templeton Foundation supports research and civil dialogue on the deepest questions facing humankind. Learn more at templeton.org. The Templeton Foundation. Stay curious. From KQED in San Francisco, this is Exactly. 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 A conversation series in search of a finer point. Now, here's your host, New York Times bestselling author Kelly Corrigan. Great to have you here. So I've had a lot of cool conversations with creative types over the years, but this one I've returned to repeatedly, almost just for its sheer optimism, which you'll hear is expressed in the most pragmatic, down-to-earth terms. My guest was Jason Siegel. You know Jason from movies like Forgetting Sarah Marshall and his long-running TV shows like How I Met Your Mother and Freaks and Geeks. Besides the acting he writes and produces, he's tried musicals, He wrote some young adult fiction, and I don't know what he's cooking up right now, but I can tell you, I can't wait to see what it is. Jason literally doesn't have a cynical, standoffish, self-centered bone in his giant body. He's as guileless as a 14-year-old. He believes in magic and also lucky breaks, like meeting Judd Apatow. He's full of goodwill and strong convictions about what each of us might be able to pull off, assuming we can set aside notions of gifted and resist the forces that want to tell us what we can and cannot do. Railroad tracks are for railroad cars, not people. This is a conversation to replay when you need a jolt of energy, or a reminder that all things might well be possible after all. It's also one to share with anyone who needs to remember that good work requires talent, obviously, but also what Jason calls stick-to-itiveness. Hi, I'm Kelly Corgan, and I'm so happy to be sitting here with Jason Siegel. Hi. Yeah, hi, I'm really happy to be here, too. Right on. Yeah. Uh, so you have this awesome career, right? Tons yeah. of great movies and the Thanks. television show that was off the hook. Yeah. I write books. I find it very difficult. Yes. I wonder why you chose to do it. Um, well, I had a lot of help. I had the help of a co-author named Kirsten Miller, who's an yeah. amazing author in her own right. But Nightmares was the first script I ever wrote. I write scripts oh. as well. And um, I wrote Muppets. Yes, uh, yeah. yes, yes. So I have an affinity for kid stuff. Even my grown-up stuff, like uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, has both full frontal nudity yeah. and an elaborate <laughs> puppet musical. Yeah. So <laughs> it's probably so, the only time in cinema history. Yeah, potentially. Yeah, yeah well done you. Yeah, <laughs> thank yeah. you very much. Yeah, being John Malkovich might have come close. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's true, it's true. We should yeah. review the film on Yes, that. absolutely. But it was always, um, it's an area that my brain has never left. This sort of Edward Gorey, Tim burton mm-hmm. Jim Henson in like Labyrinth time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, kind of area that re- just really inspired me and made me feel when I was a little kid like there was magic out there. Mm-hmm. Or I could get a golden ticket. Or yeah. Goonies made me feel like I could find buried treasure. Yeah. And so I wrote this as a script and then uh, I decided to turn it into a book. I thought it was better there. And how long ago had you written it as a script? When I was 21 years old. And how old are you now? I'm 34. Oh, you're a little baby still. You have so much more ahead Thank of you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. yeah. I have a little bit of gray in my beard. Oh, fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, it no, was... it gives you a certain gravitas. You should keep it yeah, by all means. Yeah, I'm like Morgan Freeman. Uh, tell us about <laughs> Kirsten. Um, she's fantastic, and she really um, she read the script and uh-huh. really understood the tone of it 
And we both have an affinity for this creepy area where I think there's this kind of sweet spot you can hit where parents feel like it's safe to give their kids this book. Uh -huh. And then a kid goes away and feels like, I can't believe my parents are letting me read this. Yeah. Like, I'm getting away with something. Yeah. He's treating me like I'm much older than I actually am. And she really understood that tone. And we just, I, I don't know. I think we did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. And how old are you in your mind? Like, I don't think you're 34 in your mind. No. If something happens, like at my house, like if the toilet um, uh -huh. breaks or something, for reasons we don't need to go into. No, we definitely uh, yes, don't. I call my dad. Uh huh. And then my dad says, call a plumber, Jason. <laughs> That's what you do. But so I'm just getting to the age now where I call the plumber directly. Yeah, That's yeah. a big step forward. <laughs> it is. You're getting somewhere. Yeah, but I'm that age. Whatever that age should be. Yeah, you're like 14 years old. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. My friend's uh, kid just went to University of Michigan. Smart enough to get into University of Michigan. Whoa. Called home to ask if she could send Gatorade. Oh, that's so sweet. Because so Gatorade is everywhere. Not not available in Ann Arbor, apparently. You must send I've it been to through Ann Arbor. the mail. Yes. There's Gatorade. Right? Yeah. Incredible. Um, so this book is so much about fears. Yeah. Do you remember the first book you read that scared the hell out of you, but that gave you that same sweet spot feeling, like I cannot believe I'm allowed to write, read this? Yeah, I think James and the Giant Peach, uh -huh. which seems like it's just cute, like when you look at the cover, or you kind of hear about, oh, that's cute. Right, a big piece a of big, fruit. Uh, how hard delicious. could that, yeah, right. how freaky could that be? Yeah, and it's really creepy. Yes. Um, well, he's very interesting, Roald Dahl. I mean, he has yeah. a sweeping distrust for all things adult. Absolutely, yeah. I think that there is also a, a theme that runs through his books and runs through a lot of things that really have inspired me because I think that it goes deep to everyone's dream. That uh, someone is going to come along and say, wait a minute, there's been a mistake. Yes. You don't belong here. You are meant for something bigger. I think that's everybody's dream, mm -hmm. because uh, especially when you become an adult, most people have to have somewhat mundane jobs, mm -hmm. and life can get really repetitive. And think about for a kid, your days are pretty similar. Yeah. You wake up, you go to the same school with the same classmates, and you come eat home the same. And do your my homework. kids have been eating the same cereal every morning for yeah. five years. What an exciting idea that someone shows up and says, "No, wait a minute, right. you yeah, don't come here. belong you here. You come with me. Yeah. I got something better for yeah, you." Yeah, right. You're listening to Exactly on KQED Public Radio. We'll be back after a break. Support for this podcast comes from the John Templeton Foundation. The Templeton Foundation supports academic research and civil dialogue on the deepest and most perplexing questions concerning the cosmos, human purpose, and the divine. Learn more at templeton.org. The Templeton Foundation. Stay curious. This program was recorded with the help of the great folks at Medium, the place to share stories and ideas that matter most to you. If you're enjoying this conversation, check out the podcast with best-selling author Mary Roach. They cut her open and they remove the heart and lungs and the kidneys and the liver and they go and this woman as a dead slab, really, she's saving five lives and it was unbelievably moving and I thought, what an amazing gift to give. That's Mary Roach on our podcast at KQED org slash exactly or on iTunes. Welcome back to Exactly. I'm Kelly Corrigan with screenwriter and actor Jason Siegel. 
Well, it's so interesting because I think the flip side of that is the imposter syndrome, which uh. is that the fear that you're going to be called out and say, no, 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 I'm sorry. You know, like when I got into yeah. grad school, I always had this fear that someone was going to come to the first night seminar and say, is Kelly Corrigan here? Uh, Kelly, there's a mistake. You didn't get in. Come on. Right. And then I think you, uh, I think if you have enough honest conversation with people, you realize everybody feels that way. I know. I, it's such a gift when oh, you cross over best. into understanding that. Everybody's just operating on their best guess. Yeah. Um, but then, you know, it's interesting to tie it back. Not that nightmares is it, but it's certainly what we were striving for because I had these influences and movies like Goonies and yeah. things where there's another voice because everyone around you is telling you, here's how it goes. Right. There's this track. Yeah. Elementary school is going to bring you to junior high, to high school, start figuring out what you're good at because then you're going to do that for like 50 or 60 right, years. Right. And maybe you'll get to retire. And then if you pay attention, there's these other voices that creep up and say, no, there's magic. Yeah. Like, don't forget that. Yeah. And there's I, these off-ramps. Like, you can just walk over there. You can just go. Yeah. Yeah. I tend to think um, most of what I do is impossible if I'm listening to what I'm told. Uh -huh. Like, to become an actor, yes. to write something that gets yes. published, any of this stuff, it's, uh, the odds are impossible. Yes. Uh, unless you do it. Yes, I know. I keep <laughs> saying to my girls, these are just totally normal people that just didn't give up. Yeah, that's you know, right. The people who get it are the people who want it. And in order to want it, you have to believe that you could be one of the people. Yeah, well, because there's this other, I love this conversation, by the way. There's, you see it in math class. There's a moment in math class where, and math is just at, at that level, higher level mathematics yeah. is a different thing. But at elementary school mathematics, it's just formulas and truth. You know, yeah. if you follow the formula, yes. the thing will happen. But you see kids at some point say like, nope, I'm done. Right. I can't do this anymore. I don't get it. Yeah. And it's being willing to sit through being bad at something until mm -hmm. you get it. Like I, t I taught myself to play piano when I was young, honestly, to pick up girls. And, Did it work? Um, uh, yeah. I mean, it was fine. <laughs> it was fine. <laughs> uh, like middle. It was yeah. middle. middle. Okay. Um, <laughs> but... I was really bad at it for like two or three years, and I just plunked away until finally I yeah. was decent at it, and then eventually I was pretty good at it. But I think a lot of people um, are afraid to be made fun of, mm -hmm. so they don't sit through being bad at something mm -hmm. until they're good at it. Yeah, I think sometimes I think that when people say, oh, he's so gifted, I think the ultimate gift is the willingness to fail and the willingness to make a fool out of yourself yeah. and the willingness to keep staying in the chair at the piano or at your laptop or, oh, yeah. right? It's stick-to-itiveness because I do too many different things to be gifted at all of them. Right. You know? So um, then it's just throwing your whole heart at it. Yeah, That I think makes so. the biggest difference. I really think so. So uh, what's your luckiest break? I have two really lucky breaks. Mm -hmm. Well, I, have my, I feel like my life has been a series of lucky breaks. But one, I, got, I decided to put on a high school play for no other reason but I wanted to see if I could memorize it. <laughs> it was Edward Albee's The Zoo Story. Oh my God. Yeah, which has a really long monologue. I wasn't an actor, I was an uh -huh. athlete at this point. And a woman. I'm assuming you were a basketball player? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a um, competitive bodybuilder. <laughs> uh, <laughs> why is that hilarious? No, no. Yeah, no. Right. <laughs> yeah. I could see that. Yeah. And so uh, a woman came to see the play because she was thinking of sending her kid to the school. And she ended up being like a big Hollywood casting director. No kidding. I was 17 years old. And so she went and talked to my parents and said, I think your kid could be an actor. 
Is that how you got in Freaks and Geeks? Um, that's how I got started, and Freaks and Geeks came really shortly after that. Unbelievable. Yeah, and my second big break was meeting Judd Apatow, because he uh, definitely, yeah. he taught me to write, literally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, it's just been so much fun talking to you. I can Thanks. talk to you all day. Yeah, Thank me you too. so much. Let's become buddies outside okay. of this. Okay, great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. I've had a lot of fun asking people the same seven questions in a bit of a post-interview speed round that I call the afterword. Here are Jason's thoughts. Okay, so this is a quickie. You ready? Yeah. Whoa. What song have you listened to more than any other? The, I would say I've listened to Astral Weeks by Van Morrison. If you had a year to get really good at something, what would you try? Um, it's the same as what I wish my superpower would be. Okay, fantastic. Maybe think, we should rephrase the question. Yes, I would like to be able to speak every language fluently. Because then I think you could really communicate with everybody. I think that's the key to everything is communication. Rad. Yeah. Do you know what the other superpower I'd like to have? Sure, go ahead. Unlimited pocket space. Oh, wouldn't it be nice? Yeah, because... Or a third hand. I've often thought I wish I had a third hand. I mean, it would be unsightly, but it would be nice. Yeah, totally. Um, who do people say you look just like? Usually Brad Pitt. <laughs> I get Julia Roberts. I know how you yes, feel. Yes, yeah. Um, if your mother wrote a book about you, what would it be called? My mom always jokes about this because I grew up in a very, like, kind of fancy community. Uh -huh. So my mom says whenever I complain about something that the title of my autobiography should be Born Behind Gates. Oh, nice. Yes. Yeah, she sounds like a, she's got a wicked sense of humor. She keeps me in perspective. If everyone on earth could kill one person without repercussion. <laughs> <laughs> Go on. Would you be killed by whom and why? Oh, that's a great question. I think that I would be killed... Well, I would, it's very clear that I would be killed for food. <laughs> by who? By who, because I'm not sure. Because it's just sure. such a massive amount. Yo, no, yeah. you'd be lucky to have me right. as a meal. <laughs> Several meals. You could I could last throughout the winter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If you could say four words to anyone, whom would you address yeah. and what would you say? I would do my younger self, it will be okay. Oh, yeah. that's so great. Thank yeah. you so much. Thanks. Awesome to talk to you. Hey, thanks a lot. For me, the exactly moment in my conversation with Jason was when he talked about teaching himself how to play the piano and that it took him years. He said the real talent is sitting through something you're bad at until you get better. Most people walk away before they get good. So let's not walk away, you and me. Let's keep banging away until we make music. Thanks for thinking with me. Be in touch, and I'll talk to you soon. This is Exactly, produced by KQED Public Radio in San Francisco. The interview was recorded with the help of the team at Medium, the place to share stories and ideas that matter most to you. Special thanks also to PBS Bookview Now. If you enjoyed this conversation, definitely check out my talk with journalist and Pulitzer Prize winner Nicholas Kristof, who has important thoughts about the empathy gap. If you were successful in America today, you probably don't know a lot of people who are struggling. Mm -hmm. And so then it becomes easy to carve this narrative mm -hmm. about personal irresponsibility mm -hmm. and turn aside. What do you use to help people over the hump? Storytelling. You can hear more wisdom from Nicholas Kristof and others on our podcast at kqed.org slash exactly or on iTunes. Thanks to our team, producers Kat Snow and Anna Adlerstein. Coordinating producer Melissa Williams, engineer Jim Bennett, production manager Jennifer Harrison, and executive producer Michael Issop. I'm Kelly Corrigan. I'm so happy you're here. Please come back soon. 